you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, huge fan listeners. Well, the NBA season is here, and no one is more tapped into the hardcore action than me, of course, because you know I love hoops and huge fans of basketball. Now, WNBA season just ended. It was amazing. The Las Vegas Aces won the WNBA championship. And what better than basketball year around? So here comes the NBA. No matter if it's the NBA or the WNBA, what I love about our huge fan guests is that all season long, the brightest stars root for their favorite teams through brutal losses and glorious victories. And as we look to kick off NBA season, all of our guests from Stephen A. Smith to Monica, each huge fan has their own fan story and game day routine. For millions of people, the game means family, friends, food, and more. To me, the game means absorbing all the passion and excitement of these basketball fans and becoming a bigger fan in the process. Of course, as you know, a former Hooper, I also have to keep myself from jumping back out on the hardwood myself because I do get that temptation during the season to get out there and hoop. But between the thunderous dunks, roaring arenas, and delicious game day snacks, I am locked all the way in. The NBA may be an American league, but the entire world is hoops crazy with countless ballers from around the globe in the National Basketball Association. In preparation for the NBA season, we'll journey through our favorite moments on and off the court. No matter the market or who you root for, don't worry, we've got it covered. I'm LaChina Robinson. Those sweet, funky sounds you hear are the Budos Band. And this is Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. Every guest has a unique fan journey that sets the tone for the show. I learned so much from them, and these stories might just surprise you. Let's take a look at how some of our basketball fanatics became such huge fans. For broadcast journalist Carrie Champion, her basketball and Laker fanhood came from her grandmother. And I love this story because, for me, there was only one generation of women's basketball player that came before me in my family. For Carrie, it wasn't her mom, but her grandmother. That's how far back the basketball legacy goes. So here is the story of my Laker love. I honestly don't know any other way. Born and raised in L.A. We 
grew up loving basketball. My grandmother played basketball in the segregated South. She's from Magnolia, Arkansas. She is now 89 years old, but she played basketball and she loved basketball. So she came here, loved basketball. Lakers weren't a big deal, obviously, um, at the time, you know, because they were in Minneapolis. Uh, so she decided that she would love basketball here as a professional sport because there were no women playing, as you well know, no WNBA then. When I'm born, there is the Lakers and there's the Clippers. So by the time I'm probably six or seven years old, my grandmother can't drive. Um, and she used to want to go to Clippers games because that's what we could afford. And I was the only one willing to catch the bus with her. So as a kid, six or seven years old, I would catch the bus with my grandmother to these games. I really didn't know what was going on, but I would just we'd sit in nosebleeds and she'd talk me through it and she'd get really excited. And the, the big thing was when the Lakers and Clippers played and she talked me through it and she was just happy, happy, happy. And um, I remember one day coming home and she had gotten an autograph of Michael Cooper at the time. And she had took a picture of my mother out of a frame and put Michael Cooper the autograph photo of Michael Cooper in the frame. She took her daughter out of the frame and put Michael Cooper in the frame. Now, when you're a kid, you don't know what that means. I'm like, who's this man? You know, she's explaining it to me and he signed it. So from that moment on, she had to get the starting, all the starters, right, of the Lakers. That would be Magic Johnson, Michael Cooper, um, Byron Scott, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, AC Green. She was very much on this tour of LA. Back then, you could pop up anywhere and do a signing and it wouldn't be crazy. And I remember she got all of their photos and promptly removed all of her children and grandchildren out of the frames. And that's when I knew that this was serious. And I would get excited when she would get excited. Like the Boston Lakers rivalry was all I remember, right? Mm -hmm. Celtics Lakers, that's all we ever watched. I remember being in the living room and she'd jump up and get excited. So I jump up and get excited. Now, I, all I knew it was serious. It was, and the entire lived-in apartments, the entire apartment building would be rocking. Like everybody was excited. It was the finals, and so if they loud, we loud. It was like a, it was literally like a block party when the Lakers used to win. Hence my fandom. So that's how I grew up. I carried the torch, right? I literally carried the torch from being hardcore like my grandmother. I was her rider. Nobody wanted to do it. No one wanted to go with her, and so that's where it began. I love it that Carrie's grandma was a baller and passed that love of sports on to other generations of women. For Counting Crows frontman Adam Duritz, moving around while growing up spread his interests and allegiances. But once his family settled in the Bay Area, basketball was everywhere and the Warriors were everything. And, you know, it helped that his dad was already an Oakland A's fan. Warriors had a great team, Phil Smith, Rick Barry, Clifford Ray. They were really, really entertaining. And, you know, within a couple of years, they won. They completely upset and swept the bullets. And when we got to California, it just was like right at the right time with an incredibly entertaining Warriors team that I really loved and sort of fell in love with. There was a lot of things going on. That period in Oakland was incredible. You know, we had the Raiders won a Super Bowl right then, and they were great forever before that, too. And the A's went to three World Series in a row and won them. You know, it was a wonderful time to be in the Bay Area right then. So I just really loved the Warriors right then. And they had a lot of entertaining teams for years and years after that. Mitch Richmond, you know, Tim Hardaway, and I loved Tim Hardaway. You know, and Chris Mullen, that was a great team too. They had a lot of really, really entertaining teams. Now that's a wild and winding road to ultimate fanhood. For sports personality Stephen A. Smith, his fandom was locked in when a legendary Nick unexpectedly surfaced to provide 
a championship spark. And might I add that Stephen A was only three years old. Well, my earliest memory was Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel when everybody um, didn't expect him to, you know, to help spark the Knicks to a championship over the Lakers. That's what that was about. Um, you know, I was a kid. I was only around three years old at that particular moment in time. But uh, my dad, obviously, is a big Knicks fan. And, you know, my family was filled with Knicks fans and all of that stuff. And you saw that moment in black and white. And it just resonated with you if you were a New Yorker, how much that meant. And to think about the Knicks in 70 and 73 and winning championships and to know that all of these years later, they still haven't won another one in 48 years. Uh, you know, that's that's all we have to reflect on on a championship level. So that's what we hold on to. Of course, I've had memories since then. Patrick Ewan being drafted, Dave DeBusha pumping his fist when they had to acquire the number one overall pick that would be Patrick Ewan. Um, going to the finals or the wars against Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and when Xavier McDaniel and Michael Jordan's, you know, connected foreheads and was talking smack to one another and all of that stuff. It was crazy. But the first memory is obviously of Willis Reed. Woo. Well, Knicks fans have to be exhausted because it has been a long road since that last NBA title. But Stephen A has had plenty of memorable moments in his fanhood especially from my guy, and you know this if you listen to our podcast, yes, the Patrick Ewing. Now, for singer Monica, growing up in Atlanta and being a Hawks fan are basically one and the same. Well, this is the thing. I'm born and raised in Georgia on the south side of the city, so there are no memories without the Hawks. You know, when you are born and raised here, you have a sense of pride, a sense of love, and a sense of support for the Hawks that is Almost innately born in you. Now that's a true sense of community. For Salima Masakella, host of Sirius XM's All Music is Black Music, it was an unlikely team that won him over because he loves an underdog. You know, the Clippers, they just hit me with the right amount of mediocrity that I was used to as a Knicks fan. That I was like, yes, this is this is where <laughs> this is where I'm supposed wow, to be. <laughs> shots fired. I'm just honest. You know, I am one of those people who, other than the Dodgers, it's very hard for me to like to cheer for teams that are like heavily weighted that are supposed to win. I don't, the Dodgers are my exception, but the Clippers just felt like, yeah, we're in the mud. When I first started going to Clippers games, it was regular folks there. Like it wasn't like A-list celebrities. It was just like, oh, I saw you at the club yesterday. <laughs> these seats, <laughs> it, these seats are more affordable. I was easily sucked into especially those the Corey Maggette Darius Miles like the excitement and the realness of that team like they just reminded me of like oh these are these are real dudes that you would see at the park you know it was it was good basketball not many would choose the everyman nature of the Clippers over the flash of the Lakers but that's our guy Salima You'd think actor Anthony Anderson had a clear path to his fandom growing up in Los Angeles, but the underdog in him found a new road. I grew up a Laker fan because that was my dad's team and that was what you were kind of indoctrinated into uh, growing up in L.A. And as I got older, I was just like, ah, you know what? Let me root for the underdogs. Let me see. Let me let me see how these underdogs are going to do. Everybody's basically, you know, not getting not giving them the love that they deserve. I I'm an underdog, you know. Growing up in Compton, I was an underdog, so I understand that. So I was like, let me, you know what? Let me let me go root for the JV squad as as they used to call the Clippers back in the day. 
So we have two underdog stories finding the road to success. Comic Sam J had a longer journey finding her way back home. It's really interesting because I wasn't really a Celtics fan. I was a Lakers fan because I was a Kobe fan, which is like weird for to be from Boston. But I had squads I liked. I didn't really have like a like, this is my team. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had, there was a moment where I was a Knicks fan, which is also crazy because I'm from Boston. But I just, I like that Allen Houston, you know, John mm-hmm. Starks. Childs, I like that little team. They were like fun. Charlie Ward, I was like, oh, this is a fun little squad. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I would like watch basketball, be different squads that I like or I'm into because I didn't have any like home attachment to anything. So it wasn't really until like those last two years of Twan when they started really going like, no, Pierce is the guy. And Pierce is the, the leader of this team. And like, you mm-hmm. are a backup. Because remember they made him like co-captain. I was like, that's crazy. Twan sucks. Like, yeah. what are we doing? But I didn't really start liking them till then. Like, kind of when that transition was happening. And they were kind of, like, phasing Twan out and, and making Pierce the guy. Yeah. That's when I started to be, like, a Celtics fan, if I'm being honest. Love of the game is a huge draw. But sometimes it's the unique fan bases, passionate communities, and intense arena atmosphere that pull these stars into super fandom. Stephen A. Smith's first experience at Madison Square Garden wasn't like most fans, but the allure of the garden held true. Well, I never attended a game at Madison Square Garden until I was an adult aspiring to come into the industry. That was really, really my first time doing something like that. And, you know, believe it or not, my first time was really when Michael Jordan came out of retirement and went to the garden and dropped a double nickel. That was really the first time I had attended, actually attended a New York Knicks game. And so that was a real, real special moment for me. It's not something that I have experienced before. Um, It was before I became an NBA writer. and It was before I was even a college writer. So I was very, very lucky and very blessed and fortunate to be in that position. And you mentioned Michael Jordan. He has said that MSG is his favorite place to play. How does the energy there, in your opinion, differ And, you know, putting yourself in the mindset of a player or even your perspective as media, as a fan, how does how is that energy different in that building? Well, they say it's the Mecca. And so what you're talking about is Gotham City, Broadway, Bright Lights, Big City. The building is right in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And so when you it's it's really not just about the building. And I don't think people realize that. It's not about the building. It's about what you bypass to get into the to get to the building. Whether it's you know it's Times Square right down the block, it's Fashion Avenue right there. It's the hustle and bustle, and then you've heard so much about Madison Square Garden, and all of a sudden the marquee is whatever it is. So you see all of that, and you just embrace it, and you gravitate towards that as you enter the building. And then when you enter the building, you think about it from an historical perspective in terms of all the concerts, all the games, all the great, great moments that existed in the place. And there's a little bit of nostalgia that kicks in. And as a result of that, you just get hyped and all of that stuff. And when the fans are going crazy, that makes it even better. But it's not just the building of itself itself. It's the allure of it all and what you bypass all of the local near surrounding areas uh, that personify. New York, the city that never sleeps, et cetera, et cetera. And when you get a feel for all of that, 
that's when everything changes and you realize you're just in a different place in a different setting. Wow, I got chills just listening to that description of the aura around Madison Square Garden. The magnetism of the Big Apple really puts MSG on a stage all of its own. For Monica, it's a sense of community that comes together to support her hawks. It's important that they feel the support. You know, it's being on stage and on the court are different, but the one thing that is the same is that you want to feel the people that are there watching you have love for you and have your back. They spend time away from their families. They sacrifice a lot of the big holidays and important moments. And, you know, with athletes, people don't realize sometimes your wife is in labor and you're having to play the game and then fly in and be there and then fly back and then play at, at, at a high level. They don't understand what these men go through. So, but when it comes to game day for the Hawks, I want them to know that they are supported, that they are yeah. loved, that they are being encouraged for those of us that are at home and those of us that are able to be there. Living in Atlanta, I must say that the A is a vibe and you have to appreciate that level of support. For Carrie Champion, there's just something iconic about her Lakers home court, whether that's Crypto.com Arena, Staples, or the Forum. As somebody who's born and raised in LA, I will tell you, the Staples Center is iconic. It's iconic also, too, because it's a lot of concerts are held there as well. People go to their first concert. Our award shows have been there. For someone who is a diehard Laker fan, the arena that holds the most um, je ne sais quoi, if you will, the most, uh, the most regal arena is the Forum, the Great Western Forum. Mm. Um, now, everybody hasn't been able to go there and see the Lakers play, obviously, because you, you have to be here in the, you know, the, the, the early 90s, late 80s, you yeah. know, before the really be hardcore. But the Great Western Forum, to me, and this is even before my time, has such um, an iconic presence in the sense that it's still there, right? Mm -hmm. you, I went to SoFi the other day and people were parking there. So you can drive past it and it says Great Western Form. Now, mind you, it's not beautiful. It's not, it's not done up. It's not even used. I think sometimes it's used for concerts. But what would happen underneath the form at the form club is the stories of legends, right? So mm. I was young enough to go there once, but not understand what it really meant. The truth of the matter is, is that's really what is the legacy that Staples Center has in the sense that it was transferred over to Staples when, when the Lakers left the form. Yeah. As a result, when you go there and you see all the banners and you and you feel its presence and you go to you kind of sit and you think, wow, this is amazing. I was there for so many great moments. You asked me what I remember the most or what I remember first. I don't remember the first, but what I remember the most is watching Kobe retire there and score his mm. 60 points, 60 plus points there. And I thought to myself, this is something special. Yeah. Like it just felt special. If you look, you looked around. And anybody who ever had loved the Lakers since they were a kid or loved Kobe since they were a kid or had any kind of Kobe connection was there. Watching him with his family, watching Shaq look over and kind of feel away, watching Snoop lose his mind, watching Kanye walk over. Um, like there was just so much going on. And I just remember thinking, this is crazy. Let me focus on what's happening. And then he just, and Kobe felt it, of course, obviously, but it was special. To me, that was one of the most special moments in Staples Center. Uh, my first, I probably can't remember because I'm going to, the media girl and me may take that for granted, right? Those are some historic and 
special memories shared by Carrie. Now, we also asked Wendy Raquel Robinson if being a Laker fan is a birthright. Wendy gave an emphatic answer and drove deep into her love of a classic Los Angeles arena, the Forum. I don't want to say it's a birthright, but it's a must right. You must be a Laker fan. No, no offense to the Clippers. Please don't take offense my Clippers. Love y'all. But it's something about that purple and gold and that Jerry Buss and, you know, that whole legacy. It's a legacy. You know, it was... I want to say as massive as it is, it feels much more intimate mm -hmm. than the Staples Center and, you know, the crypto.com stadium now. It had a, um, a sense of, you know how everybody, even though we were all gathered there at the same time, mm -hmm. it just felt comfy. Yeah. You know, um, Steve Harvey even had the uh, the hoodie awards there, which was interesting. Oh. It was like, okay, so you could do community stuff. And then I remember they had the... Um, God, when Faithful Central bought it as a church, you know, so it's gone through so many different transformations, I guess, because it just felt like a hub and a home, you mm -hmm. know, it didn't feel so expansive. So I, maybe that's the part of the magic, no pun intended, that Magic Johnson and that whole era, the Showtime crew, you felt like you were watching up close and personal, no matter where you sat, you could be in the nosebleeds or you could be in the middle section. I was never on the floor, didn't get there yet but you still felt like you were really a part and in the game. Yeah. So it was, you know, and then, you know, just the way it looks, it's just an interesting piece of, you know, architecture. The LA Forum is definitely an iconic arena in and out of basketball. It also took Sam J some time before she saw her Celtics at TD Garden, making some other arena stops along the way. Probably two, three years ago when we played uh, Cleveland. Okay. In the, in the East playoffs. Yeah. What was that I like? It was dope. I took my nephew. We were, we were on the floor. It was nice. My first basketball game was actually a Knicks game. Um, cause I lived here and we would get tickets through SNL. And I just remember sitting close and being like, wow, when you're this close, it's like watching a rec game a little bit. Cause you can hear everything. You can hear them talking trash to each other. You can hear them yelling at the refs, you could hear, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so different from watching at home because you could feel and hear the intensity of what's actually happening on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you also just amazed me how big everybody was for real. Like, I, I don't think you can really like appreciate the athleticism uh, the same until it sounds like some really shitty rich person's thing to say, but until you're sitting courtside because you're just like the the pace, their bodies are so big, they're moving so fast, they're in such control of their movements, even though they're going at like top speeds and they're like six, seven and like two something. You're like, this is nuts. Like you just see the level of play. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. It kind of puts you in that space of like, you can't really call nobody in the NBA trash. This love of sports isn't just passed down through family traditions but also built on the court itself. While some of these fans were drawn to the game by playing basketball as children, others were simply drawn to the sport by the allure of the magnificent athletes they watched on the court. Poor Adam Duritz. While he enjoys playing the game of basketball, he also seems to know his limits. Well, he learned that there are limitations. I was okay. I mean, I could, I could <laughs> shoot some. Not like... Just, I could shoot. And I was okay on the wing, I guess, you know. 
No, I wasn't. I mean, I, I was a guy. It was good enough to be running to running full court, you right. know, but not like anything special. You, you leave yeah. me unguarded, I can hit some shots. That's all gone now. <laughs> I, I realized like when we were playing, neither of us had picked up a ball in years. He he had been barefoot for years, and we were rehearsing for this tour together. And I had I didn't have any injuries growing up playing sports, but I blew out my knee on stage in my band at one point. I had knees, you know, I had ACL, MCL, everything blown out. I hadn't played ball in a few years, and I realized, okay, I could still kind of play, but I, I can't get more than a couple inches off the ground anymore. Like, what were you doing gone. on stage to blow out your ACL and your MCL? And both meniscus. I jumped off the drum riser, and it's one of those things where split seconds take an hour in your memory. It was just before the guitar solo, and I jumped off this drum riser. It was the Beacon Theater in New York, and as I was going to land, I kind of realized I wasn't going to land on the beat, so I think I stretched out my legs as opposed to like letting Ooh. the cushion. And so it just, I snapped my leg in half. And oh my gosh, that is not good. Played the whole good. show though. Played the entire show and that was the second song. Yeah. So I you did. playing the whole show could be compared to Kobe Bryant walking to the free throw line to knock down those free throws with the torn Achilles, right? I mean, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, doing it in the, uh, in the uh, yeah. coming back off the bench to do it in the Raptor series. Yeah, my friends of mine that play professional sports, if they ever get ACL injuries and don't finish the game, <laughs> I, I just, I call them the wimps they are iconic performance from Adam Duritz. He sure knows how to play through an injury and still deliver for his squad. Getting back to Carrie Champion, an antiquated rule left her with a tough decision on whether to hoop or not to hoop. I tried to play basketball. So my, my high school experience, my junior high and high school experience, I went to schools that back in the day, now it's so stupid, which is when you think about the education system now, I went to school on a permit. So I grew, I grew, I lived in LA, but we moved to Pasadena. So I went to a school on a permit, which was a better school, quote unquote, right? The school that was by my house, right? My school by my house didn't, uh, wasn't quote unquote the good school. So I went to Pasadena High School. Um, and when you're on permit, you're not allowed to play sports. But at the time, it wasn't such a big deal to me because I was like, oh, I'm in the better school education. That was the thing that my mother always pressed. And then now they don't have that. It's, it's, it was, mm -hmm. it's stupid, it's ridiculous, but it's put in place to create what they think is a fair system. So if I'm on permit and I'm trying to play sports, but I really supposed to go to John Muir or Blair, which are the other high schools, it wouldn't be fair to take my talent to PHS, right? People cheat all the time, but my mother wasn't right. hip on the cheating. She should have known. Like she could have worked it out for me, but my mother wouldn't do that. <laughs> she was by the rules. And so I did stats. Well, and it just takes away the sport. It, it takes away an opportunity, right? Like just, you have to choose between getting a better education and having, you know, going to a better school and playing sport. Like- You're correct. How unfair. It's not fair at all. And I had one year where they denied my permit and I ended up going to the school that I was supposed to go to that was quote unquote in my district, but way further away from me. It was really, it was such a bad, I mean, we know the education system is a mess. Yes, right? yes, we could go all day on that. We could go all day on that, right. But these are one of the things that they had in place that they had to fix, but I ended up doing stats. So I wanted to be on the basketball team so badly. All I did was just play, I did the stats. So like I had the letter jacket, letterman jacket that they had got us. They were starter jackets that had our names on it. It said Bulldogs and it was Carrie. I was just so excited to be a part of the cool kids. All my friends play basketball. I was truly a basketball groupie, um, but I couldn't play, but I was a groupie. Like whatever it took for me to hang out with them and be with them, that's what I did. But what I love, first of all, about your fandom is you got it from the mud, right? Like who does stats? <laughs> but no, you but know what? You avoided becoming the team manager. 
You do, you avoided the ball girl story. <laughs> you avoided the water girl. You didn't have to be a cheerleader. Like you did stats. Like that is the most like high level way of yeah. jumping on the sports bandwagon. If I've ever heard it, like no one ever says I did stats. A lot of respect for that. Yeah. Nerd. I was, I, I was a nerd, full on nerd. And it was fine. Bubble here, coloring here, two points here, one point there, one foul. Sometimes I'm paying attention. Sometimes I'm not. I can tell you, I can tell you, coach was really clearly my friend. He just like, he knew I wanted to be around. He knew I wasn't no good. Like, so he let me hang out. And you get good seats. You're like right at the table with all the poor people. I'm oh, no, I'm like, I'm, I was in the cut. <laughs> full view of the world. <laughs> Talk about foreshadowing. Being a stat girl just might have paved the way for Carrie's current career success as a sports broadcaster. Now, while Monica was never a baller, she has an amazing voice and she might actually have a future pro in her home. My middle son, Romello, is very focused. He is one that comes in the house when it's when there's a game the following day, he's already asleep at nine o'clock. When everyone else is playing, he's outside training. He's already found a trainer that he wants to work with in L.A. and has already come to me and gotten permission to sign up for multiple camps, one in Cleveland, um, Neo Elite. He is very serious, and it's not something that he got from anyone other than himself. So it's something he takes very serious. The other two are all music and film. Wow, it sounds like Romello is locked in and ready for a career, hopefully in the pros. And there's a house full of stars at Monica's residence. All right, well, Anthony Anderson modeled his playing style after his favorite player. I patterned my basketball game growing up after after uh, Charles Barkley. I did. I did. Is it because you were around mound? Is that why? Around? Uh, yes, yes, it was. I wore his number <laughs> in high school and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that that's who I identified with as a player. And what was it about his game like that, other than the round mound part? But why did you kind of take to Charles? Uh, just because big guy uh, did what he did. Could move. Could play. Uh, inside and out, uh, didn't take any trash on or off the court. And, uh, you know, he just resonated with me. And I was like, yo, I, I, I like the round mound and rebound. I, I like that. That's my guy right there. <laughs> with those uncanny similarities, it's no wonder Sir Charles was his favorite. While Carrie Champion never became a player, she found a very important role on the sideline, as we heard earlier. But she has a special attachment to one Laker great. This is so random. There were two. Obviously, Magic. I just, I actually, graduating from high school, applied to Michigan State because I remember Magic had went to Michigan State. Like, isn't that crazy? And I didn't go, obviously. I went to UCLA because my mother said I couldn't go out of the state. I applied, but she's like, you can't go out of state. Stay home. It was Magic and it was AC Green. And randomly, it was AC Green because AC Green did an event. He was signing autographs at my mom's job. And I remember my mother knew that this was gonna be a big deal for my grandmother. And my grandmother came and sat all day next to him while he signed autographs. And I watched how much joy that brought her. So I literally, he was such a nice man. He still is a nice man, right? But he was such a nice man. I remember trying to tell him this story and he was just looking at me like, girl, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, no, I remember just telling him that story and how he made her day. He literally made her day. And so, uh, year if not. And so he was Aww. always my favorite because he was always so kind. Um, remember in the storyline around AC was like, 
because everyone thought he was a virgin or absent. And I remember as a child listening to my mother talk about whether or not he was a virgin. And I was like, why is that important? Yes, Leave the I man alone. That. He's nice. Yes. He's signing autographs. Granny love him. She's smiling from ear to ear. Right. Leave AC alone. That's my guy. Who cares? He can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> there are these, these moments in life yeah. where I've seen pure joy in her face. And most of those moments are centered around meeting a Laker or Lakers winning. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I, when I see this pure joy in her face and happiness, they really were surrounded around, the, the, the memories are surrounded about meeting Lakers. The time I had her talk to Magic on the phone, when I tell you I have never seen this lady be nervous because she's just such a, um, a, a pillar of strength and so cool and comfortable, but I put her on the phone with Magic and she was nervous. What? I've never seen my grandmother nervous ever, like in life. She's too cool for school. And I was, I was like, <laughs> you survived the South, the segregated South. You worked, you've hustled, you've, you've lived this life that I can only imagine. You know, you've seen so much and I've never seen you nervous. And she was on the phone, not even, it wasn't a FaceTime, it was a phone conversation with Magic. And she was so nervous. And then she went from nervous to flirting. Mm. I was like, see where I get it? See? <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember you talking about that. Um, and I was surprised that you thought your grandmother was flirting. Like, was it obvious? No, she was just like, okay, tell me if this is flirting. She's all like, um, do you remember meeting me during the dream team years? And I was so cute because he, I hear him on the phone laughing because he's like, he's like, no, no, I don't remember meeting you. She was like, well, it was around the time you was giving out them good old hugs. And I was like, oh. wait, what, wait, what? What? Yeah, that took a turn. <laughs> I was like, we need a timeout. What, what do you? And it was so uncomfortable for me. And then he just fell out laughing. He thought it was funny. He was being, he would always say like on air or whenever I would interview him, tell your grandma I said hi, tell your grandma I said hi. It was the cutest thing ever. It was just, it made her life. It made her life. That story reminds us so much of the Magic Johnson that we all know and love. Just a sweet and endearing story. And listen, if Granny was getting her flirt on, we'll let it pass. For Monica, her favorite player is also a legend with huge community implications and lots and lots of highlights. Absolutely. The legendary Dominique Wilkins. You know, there's just a place in all of our hearts that he belongs. And even when I see him now, it's big hugs. It's, it's almost like having an uncle that's been a staple that happened to be extremely talented and massive on the court. But at the same time, he implements his importance in the community as well. So he's just one of those people that you uh, you have to love and you have to respect, especially when you're from here, you understand it fully. And you see that big statue of him outside of State Farm Arena. Like when my friends come That's in town, stupid. they yeah, they go to the games and they want to take a picture next next to his statue. But one of the things he was known for was his dunking. Are you a big fan of the dunk? You know, the dunk. See, you need excitement as a female. If you don't play, I was a track and field girl, but I never, you know, played basketball. And so as a viewer, dunking is one of those things that just gets you up out of your seat. So absolutely. Absolutely, by far. The human highlight reel has certainly left his mark on the Hawks and the city of Atlanta. Whether it's sticking with your team through prolonged losing, near championship misses, or digging out of the dark ages into a dynasty, the love of team and hope for glory hold these fans on the edge of their seats year after year 
just waiting for their chance at a title. One thing we all know is that Stephen A. Smith's Knicks have had ups and downs and downs. But there's just one moment that stands out as heartbreaking. When they lost game seven to Houston. I mean, Reggie Miller hurt with his eight points in a matter of seconds. That hurt. You know, um, Jordan eliminated from the playoffs. That hurt. But to live all your life, to never have had a championship with the Knicks, and then to be 48 minutes away from a title in a game seven, and for them not to be able to close the deal out then, that hurt a lot. Missing out on a title for a generation certainly qualifies as heartbreaking. On the other hand, Wendy Raquel Robinson has experienced plenty of titles as a Lakers fan, and she shares what all that winning means to the city of Los Angeles. You talk about a city that's on fire, uh, a city that is such a melting pot of different cultures and races and all of that. It's the one thing that brings us all together more than baseball, more than football, you know, more than even hockey or whatever. It's something about the magic and the electricity of, like I said, they are, they're, they're really huge superstars. They're bigger than, you know, it's the Beyonce's of basketball. You know what I mean? It's the Beyonce basketball season, especially, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs or even just the game. If you just go to just one game and it's so crazy because my, my low key fascination, I was the Paula Abdul. I wanted to be that Laker girl. I just did, you know, what? Cut, Breaking you know news? acting took me in a different direction. <laughs> oh my God, I wanted to be a, between the fly girl when Living Color was out and yes. that was a big thing. <laughs> I wanted to be a Laker girl. That was like my, it was on my bucket list. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is game day. Let's get into it. It's time to talk game day. We might as well be courtside together when we talk about their favorite ways to take in a game. While some like to be in the stands or in a box, others take comfort right at home. For example, Monica's game day experience is all about family and being in the middle of it all. Perfect game day experience for me is my children and I. We would go to the arena 
go to the back, eat food, enjoy the other family members there and get a chance to speak to everyone and just to sit courtside and watch. I love being in the mix of the action. I've not experienced that, of course, in over well over a year. But that is what I love. I love being present. I love being there. I love taking my kids, um, seeing their reactions, especially the one that's really into sports because he's explaining what's happening to me the entire time to a science. So I really miss that. That would be my perfect game. Yeah, that really does sound perfect. I'll have to see if my girl Monica can get me some tickets to the family area with her and the kids here in the ATL. While Stephen A. Smith is just as familiar at the arena, his experience is a little different. Well, usually um, <clears throat> I would park on 34th Street, walk to the media entrance. Uh, my popularity and all of that other stuff kind of changed that, altered that because people won't let me in the building because I'm busy signing autographs and taking pictures on the streets when that happens. So as a result of that, you know, I had to change that up a little bit. So I can get into the game, like, you know, come to the front door, you go into the arena and all of that stuff. There's no particular ritual as it pertains to that. When I'm home, I like peace and quiet. I don't like to be disturbed. I want my wings. I want my cheese doodles. I want my lemonade or, or tropical fruit punch drink and stuff like that. And I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to watch them. Um, I'm multitask in the first half. I'm locked in second half. I don't want any interruptions. I got to focus here you know, and try to propel them to victory and I'm monitoring everything that they do. So it's not really any ritual with that. If there's anything that came close to original, it's me, you know, having, you know, having, having my chicken and my cheese doodles and all of that stuff beforehand. But that's about it. Stephen A at the arena, all business. But that home vibe is just about perfect. For Wendy Raquel Robinson, it's all about the magnitude of the game. You know what? It depends on who they're playing, and it depends on is this a uh, is it a playoff game or is it not? You know, I do want to say that uh, certain games and certain times, yeah, I, I go all out. I'll go all in, all okay. in for it. Yeah, okay. I fan out. Nice. Yeah, jerseys. Yeah, all of that. All of that. Wendy shows up big for her squad for those huge moments. For Salima Masakella, game day is a full vibe. For me, game day, I'm, I'm wearing some piece of, at least one piece of flair. I usually don't wear, I don't wear jerseys, but I try to find like the dopest um, sort of uh, articles that exist out there that someone's remixed that I also could normally wear in the streets, um, mm -hmm. be, a, be a, a t-shirt or a hoodie or, or a hat. I like to get there early. I like to watch shoot around. I'm not, I like to feel the energy and get a sense of like tone of what this game might be like. I think there's so much that you can read that way in a game. Um, and I like to get a beer in the first half and a beer in the second half slow play it. I don't, you know, don't want to lose the plot, but I do enjoy that. Is that Budweiser? Yeah, Budweiser. Yeah. Okay. If I'm at the arena, we're not being exotic. We're going full, full, full America. Full America. Give me, <laughs> give, give me, give me the Budweiser. I'm be be other people. And I try not to spend money on food because it's absurd. The food is, is subpar at 99.9% .9 of the arenas in the, in the country. And 
it's incredibly expensive. So overpriced. I agree. Especially when I go to Staples, there's so many great restaurants around. I usually go with one of my best friends, especially the Clipper games. My buddy Derek will drive down from Santa Barbara. We'll go eat, hang out, catch up, and then go into the arena early and make it a whole experience. Do you cheer? Are oh, you yeah. like? I'm loud. Now that's taking full advantage of the game day experience. For Sam J, game day is about focusing on the game itself. I'm weird. I'm so weird. It depends on my vibe. Like, I never really like going to bars because I really like to watch the game. And I feel like when I'm at a bar, I never really watch the game. Mm -hmm. I'm like doing like a million things, talking to people, people are cheering, talking about old games, you know? Yeah. You just yeah. not focused. Yeah. And I like to like watch. Um, Plus, I'm enjoying my apartment. Like, it's really comfortable and nice. And so it's like, ah, I could have a good time here. I go to a lot of games, though. I'll go home and, like, you know, me and my girl take, a like, a little ride up to the city, and go to a game, go out, you know, take family out to dinner or something afterwards, and then just trip back to New York. I like going to the games. That's my favorite way to enjoy the game is to go, of course. And then sit at the crib. I'll throw in a jersey if I'm feeling a vibe or just might wear something green, you know? Sounds like Sam J is not picky. As long as there is a game, Sam J is in for the action. For Anthony Anderson, it is definitely all about the game. I'm normally at the game. Uh, you know, if if I'm not at the game, uh, you know, we, we may have a little cookout at the crib, depending on uh, the, the game itself, if it's a playoff game or if it's a championship game or, or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, just a nice little chill day. Uh, you know, a couple of drinks. Just like any other fan, these fans also have their routines and, for better or worse, superstitions that they feel they must follow for their team to succeed. Adam Duritz is one of those fans. Every time I went to turn on the TV and watch a game, I started to get really superstitious about the fact that I hadn't watched earlier games. And if I watch a game, are they going to lose? It's the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. But I ended up not watching any games this season because when I got kind of freed up and I was done with a lot of the work for the record and I was, they were starting to play well and I wanted to watch games, I just got inexplicably nervous about being a bad luck charm after not having – I know it's the dumbest thing, LaChina. I can't really? even – I've never been this kind of guy. I'm not that <laughs> kind of guy. I don't understand it. Not wanting to be a bad luck charm is a sentiment that no one can argue with. However, that's a lot of sacrifice. One way to occupy those nerves is with some tasty game day treats. Monica loves to partake in the friends and family section. I'm not eating healthy snacks, but I'm definitely not a chili anything. That's hard <laughs> uh, waiting to happen, uncomfortable the whole game. Um, a lot of times when I go, I like to eat the real food. You know, in the family area, you have limitless options. Um, beef hot dog, ketchup only. Uh, but I went, the very last time we went, they actually had like roasted chicken and macaroni and cheese and all of that stuff. So I like to partake in that and then sit and enjoy the game. Wow, that's quite the spread. But you are in the South and we love our comfort foods. Meanwhile, Stephen A. Smith keeps it simple while watching basketball and you might be surprised as to what's missing from his list of game day foods. You know, having, having my chicken and my cheese doodles and all of that stuff beforehand. But that's about it. There is not a New York slice of cheese on that menu? How No pizza? No. no. Wow. That's for the football games. That's Pizza Hut. 
ground beef, uh, Pizza Hut, uh, personal pan pizza with ground beef. That's what I like in terms of pizza. But in terms of a meal and all of that stuff, I'm perfectly fine with my chicken and, you know, my water, whatever. Just make, you know, just make sure to leave me alone while I'm watching my basketball game. Football <laughs> games is when I pull out the pizza. Clearly, Stephen A. needs to stay focused on his hoops. Meanwhile, Wendy Raquel Robinson shares her favorite game day meal. Burgers and fries. <laughs> Coke. <laughs> or a hot dog, yeah. Classic, classic game time meal. Sam J., well, she also shared her favorite game time meal. Lemon pepper wings. Definitely a fan favorite from Sam J. And for Anthony Anderson, it is all about the comfort. It depends on my mood. It depends on if I put something on the grill or or if I'm in the kitchen, you know, uh, making a brisket, you know, Ooh. frying some chicken or some collard greens. You know, it, it's you know, it's normally, you know, for me, uh, comfort food. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to Crunch Time. One thing we love as fans is our collectibles. And mine, I have several, but they're all tied to the same man. I have every jersey that Patrick Ewing has ever worn, college, all the way through USA Basketball, all the way through the Sonics. Yes, he actually played for the Sonics for a year. The classic Knicks jersey, I have them all. Let's check in with our guests, Adam Duritz and Sam J. But first, Stephen A. Smith shares his most prized Knicks memorabilia. My uh, Bernard King jersey. Adam Duritz, most prized Warriors memorabilia. I have a ball that my dad got me at an auction when I was a kid signed by uh, Tim Hardaway. Sam J., your most prized Celtic memorabilia is my first playoff t-shirt that was on my seat. It says, protect the parquet. Don't even get me started on this topic. Favorite basketball movie of all time? Ooh, 
Lots of choices, but here is what our fans had to say. Wendy Raquel Robinson. Best basketball movie. Loving basketball. Sam J. Best basketball movie ever. He got game. These are all so good. And I have trouble picking my favorite. What I will say is one has been added to my list as of recent. Hustle, you got to see it. Adam Sandler did his thing. Rivalries are synonymous with basketball. Every team has at least one. It's a tradition as old as time. Some fans single out teams as a whole, while others focus on that one player who always got under their skin. Wendy Raquel Robinson. Favorite rival team to beat? Clippers. Carrie Champion. Favorite rival team to defeat? Clippers. Anthony Anderson. Favorite rival team to beat? Uh, Boston. There are some surefire rivalries right there, but let's find out which rival players they'd most like to posterize. Stephen A. Smith, if you could dunk on any Nick opponent ever, who would it be? It would be Michael Jordan. Salima Masakella. Name one opposing player you'd love to posterize. I would like to posterize uh, Rivers, Doc Rivers' kid, Austin Rivers. Sam J. Rival player you would love to dunk on. Draymond Green. Anthony Anderson. You can dunk on one rival player. Who would it be? LeBron. You could tell that there are some players running rent-free in the minds of our fans, but what player stood out as the best or most unsung? Carrie Champion. Greatest Laker of all time. Kobe Bryant. Wendy Raquel Robinson. Greatest Laker of all time. Magic Johnson. Stephen A. Smith, greatest Nick of all time. Patrick Ewing. Monica, greatest Hawk alive. Dominique. Adam Duritz, who is the most underrated warrior? Jamal Wilkes. Salima Masakella, most underrated, overlooked Clipper of all time. Elton Brand for sure. I know I might get some laughs, but my most unsung player in the NBA. Okay, I'm not going to say most because there's probably a ton, but does anyone remember Detlef Shrimp? Yeah, don't even ask. Uh, now let's take our turn as GM. First up, Stephen A. Smith and Salima Masakella pick their all-time lineups. One through five and then a six-man, all-time. My point guard would be Walt Clyde Frazier. My shooting guard would be Earl of Pearl Monroe. My center would be Patrick Ewing. My small forward would be Carmelo Anthony. And power forward's tough. Because you got Oakley, you got Mason, you got, oh, that's a tough one right there. That's a tough one right there. I'm going to go with Larry Johnson. And sixth man. My sixth man. Hmm. I would go with Allen Houston. Salima Masakella, all-time Clippers starting five. And then give me a six-man as well. I'm, I take it Chris Paul. I don't know if Chris Paul's going to be on your list or not, but I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> Chris Paul would definitely be on my all-time uh, starting five, for sure. I mean, to me, the all-time starting five, Kawhi would be there. Um, Blake Griffin, DJ, Corey Maggette. Oh, Jay Crossover. 
Ooh, they had some tough choices, but those are some excellent lineups. Now, let's see what player these GMs would most like to add to their current rosters. Stephen A. Smith, what trade or free agent signing would you like to see the Knicks make? Well, they already got Kemba Walker. I was happy about that. Every 48, I was happy about that. That was an upgrade. My personal preference at this moment in time, I'd love to see the Knicks find a way to get their hands on Zach Levin, uh, the star guard for the ball to for the ball. Um, uh, Chicago Bulls. I would love to see the Knicks get Zach Levin. That's what I would love most. And because he is what? What is he going to? He's a skywalker. He'd show out at Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah. He got game. He averaged 27 last year. He can shoot perimeter shots. He can finish at the basket. He's very athletic. Um, um, and he's a human highlight reel in his own right. And I would love to see him in the garden doing that for the New York Knicks. I doubt it ever happened, but I'd love to see it. Carrie Champion, if you could trade for one player right now, what player would you want to add to the Lakers roster at this moment? John Moran. Adam Duritz, you get to orchestrate one trade for the team. Who do you want for your Warriors roster? Uh, we'll just get KD back, man. Adam, what I will say is that every time Kevin Durant's name is floating around, it seems like most Warriors fans would love to have him back. Well, those were some inspired choices right there. But it all circles back to the love of the team. We asked our huge fans to describe their huge fandom in a special way. Adam Duritz, one word that would describe your Warriors fandom. Love. Stephen A. Smith, one word to describe your Knicks fandom. Obnoxious. Wendy Raquel Robinson, one word to describe your Lakers fandom. Kobe. Wow. Yeah. That's my fandom. Sam J. One word to describe your Celtic fandom. Loyal. Salima Masakella. One word to describe your Clippers fandom. The one word would be a realist. Monica. One word to describe your Hawks fandom. Consistent. Anthony Anderson. One word to describe your Clippers fandom. Exhilarating. Carrie Champion, one word to describe your Lakers fandom. Ridiculousness. <laughs> I am always in awe of the creativity of our fans, and no one is surprised that Stephen A. Smith described his Knicks fandom as obnoxious. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this huge fan basketball episode. I had so much fun. Can't wait for the NBA season to start. Also, thanks to our guests who shared their basketball fandom with us. I'm looking forward to all the action on and off the court. Let's tip. You can find Huge Fan on Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other huge fans can find us. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. That'll do it for this round of Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. I'm LaChina Robinson. Until next time, keep rooting your guts out. Go Budos Band! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.